Tracks, a Neon Genesis Evangelion podcast that is 50% rewatch, 50% first time watch, and 100% depression robot. My name is Joe. I use any and all pronouns. I am Chris. I use he, him pronouns. It's been a it's been a wild day for the two of us. I personally woke up and instantly uh, was instructed by my my dad to to drive forty minutes to deliver him something. My own personal agenda was like, drive me this. <laughs> he was like, drive me this bucket, or your uncle Craig will have to do it. <laughs> Let me. Uh, so, so the original plan, which is the plan when I you know have to record with anyone, is I will text the other person when I wake up on the weekend because uh, it is typically noon or one p.m. And I texted you after I'd been awake for a while, like, oh, whoops, I forgot, but I've been real sleepy. And then at 3.30 p.m., <laughs> I am so sorry. <laughs> and it is fine, because I do understand the struggle. I woke up this morning, yes. recorded bed bath, fell back asleep afterwards. It's podcasting, you know, it's a hard life for us out here, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's really something. Anyways, we, we, we are gathered here today to... Talk about Neon Genesis Evangelion, particularly episode six. Which was, like, different from any other episode we've watched, I feel like. I feel like that way, too. It definitely, when we hit the halfway point, I was like, oh, I nothing has really struck me as a conversation point yet. It's very much a normal shonen episode, it feels like. Yeah, I think so. Not in a bad way, of course, but it's just a little bit diverting from the the show to this point yeah there's there's some stuff in the back half we can talk about i pulled up the wiki so i could navigate to the episode description so i can have it to to help me recap and i scrolled down and i do just see here gender has nothing to do with love as a quote that is like featured at the moment i guess oh so thanks appreciate it that's good episode six decisive battle in tokyo three also the second title is Ray 2. I find the title of Ray 2 super fascinating in this context because, I mean, I guess the second half makes sense. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too, is like, if they would have led with that, I would have been like, the whole first half been like, oh, where is the Ray part? Where is she? There's some significant stuff with her mm-hmm. later on. So uh, I will I will do the, the Cliff Notes quick recap, which will probably go really quickly this time. And then we'll dig into any scenes that we have more to say about. Yeah, because half the episode is just, like, military people, like, yelling out what they're doing. Yeah, the first half is, like, it, it picks up pretty much where we left off a little bit earlier. We do see Shinji get attacked again, but this time we see the remainder of it, where he immediately gets... The, the Evangelion just gets brought right back down to Nerve, and they're trying to stabilize his his health repair the the robot to be used again they they figure out that ramiel the fifth angel the big diamond in the sky uh is drilling down straight into nerve and they have what like 10 hours or something to stop it masato's trying to figure that out gendo is like not in the picture she consults him later but he's not really involved uh in in the plan by any means and she comes up masato comes up with this plan to basically shoot it with a big gun and she sends both Shinji and Ray out to do it, and then they do it. <laughs> that's a, that's the simplest uh, recap. I mean, yeah, I mean, there, there's like some other details there where like Ray is Ray is uh, holding a shield, which is like a a, a scrap piece of metal from a, a spacecraft that they're using as a shield, and she uh, protects Shinji from Ramiel firing back, and it's like. 
a pretty tight window where Shindy's like trying to like waiting to shoot as soon as he can and then eject Ray from this now melted unit zero that she's in. And there's some there's some other dialogue between them that's you know, I think we can just save for actually talking about, but Sure. <laughs> that's that's it. It's 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 an episode of anime. The robots fight the big big diamond and they win. They shoot through it and everything is yeah. saved. They steal all the energy from Japan also. Yeah, they do. It was like the <laughs> it was like if Goku's spirit bomb got loaded into a sniper rifle. Yes, and also he like no one chose to do it. Goku, <laughs> like, like Goku's like I have to defeat whoever the fuck uh and they're like how are you gonna get that much power and he's like i'm just gonna take it i'm just gonna take yeah. the people of uh earth's energy it was like if goku interrupted people playing video games yeah because <laughs> that's like what it is is like uh kensuke has like a game controller in his hand when they announce that they're gonna do the blackout which is weird because it implies that like a news broadcast interrupted like while he's playing halo 2 with with toji mm-hmm. <laughs> like not really sure how that one works but who you know. would who who would play who would play as the arbiter and who would play as master chief? Ooh, I think Toji's definitely master chief and Kensuke's the arbiter. Yeah, I think I think Kensuke I think Kensuke would also agree. So like I think I think yeah, Toji would want to be master chief and Kensuke would say of course. Yeah, can we get Kensuke on the line to like to <laughs> chime in on this, confirm or deny Probably that he plays not. the arbiter? But uh I I think we can just assume. But yeah, I is there anything I missed that you want to bring up before we dive in or um, I feel like the only, like, significant, and you mentioned that, like, it, I don't know if this is the scene you had in mind, we talked about, like, dialogue between Rei and, and Shinji, but I think the scene when, like, the city's starting to black out, and they're, like, both sitting in their little jumpsuits, like, up on top of the, I don't even know what to call it, it's just, like, this, like, big structure, and, like, they're kind of talking about the mission and whatever else, and, like, um, Shinji tells Rei that she's strong, and she's like, I don't have anything else, and then, like, he asks what she means by that, and she just, like, says goodbye. Mm-hmm. And like that, that, that exchange felt notable, but that might've been what you're talking about too. In addition to like the stuff they say to each other at the end of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Those conversations are worth diving into, but other than that, I'm, I'm, I'm not really sure what, like, it's good. It looks good. Yeah. All the, all the like screens and machinery stuff inside nerve is, is always a visual treat for me. Um, these past two episodes, I've had a ton of it. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, and I liked to after after we did last last week's episode and we talked about the escalators. Mm-hmm. I liked seeing that when this time like Masato and I think um, Ritsuko were on the, uh, the escalator, they were perfectly normally synced up. So yeah, no, that that like, really made like that shot being so casual and and not stressed the way the last one was really solidified what we were saying about the last one for me. Yeah, so that was a nice I was, uh, a parallel. Yeah, I was uh, I was actually really glad that they they showed the ending of last week's episode again on this one Mm -hmm. because like knowing what was coming i think i was able to like take it in better and so like my first note is literally just oh my god because like i feel like the the force with which shinji gets fucking nailed by that Mm -hmm. diamond's attack like came through better for me this time yeah yeah it's 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 really sudden and you know last last episode we were talking so much about this this heavy stuff with ray and then it's very blindsiding when it's like, eh, Shinji's dead. And it's, <laughs> to be continued. Yeah. And it's like, oh shit, what? And then this time, going into it thinking, what what happened to Shinji? You you see it again. You get to appreciate just how like quick and visceral that attack is from Ramiel. Yeah. 
I love how like um I keep saying Ramiel. He's not named in the episode as far as I know. They just call it I don't even know if they say the fifth angel. I think it's just he's there. He's the bat he's the yeah, one they're trying to angel. kill. But no, if you know the name, drop it. Flex on him. Uh that's what I do with like that's what I do with minor DBZ characters. Like I'll, I'll talk about them like everyone knows them, like they're household names. Uh-huh. But I liked the visual like you talk about how visceral it was. There's like the shot of like the is Ramiel you said? Yeah, you can say the angel. It's, like, <laughs> it's fine. It's like it's like uh, that thing's attack, and it's like almost like like a fist like punching through like the metal to the point where you can see it coming out the back, but it doesn't fully like explode out, and it's just like ugh, like yeah, it, and it, it like, like goes there's, there's through a, a of, building to hit him too. Yeah, there's a lot of like very felt impact, mm-hmm. which I think the show is really really great at in general. When anything gets hit by anything else. It feels like it matters. Like, you're not just watching yeah. stuff for the sake of whatever. It's, like... This episode had some really good soundscape, too. Yeah. Not not to just, like, tap the sign, hey, this show looks and sounds good. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think this episode having more scoring than usual and intentionally yep. leaving out sound effects of scenes was just, like, a really effective shift. Yeah, I was going to talk about the music, too, but real quick, um... I'm not sure I know what you're talking about, so tell me about the, the thing you're saying where they left out sound effects. Um, I noticed it, like, in... And I think... I don't know if it's intentional to feel like this is a more traditional anime setting than the past episodes have been, uh, but when, when we see all of the lights going out in Japan as they're taking the power, there's, like, a soft piano, but there's, like, no... There's no city sound... Like, there's no city sounds. Which, oh, yeah, yeah. Which the show typically uses in, in full effect. Yeah, I think I like subconsciously noticed that, and I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this uh, this episode for for scoring, I uh, I think I mentioned how much I liked the decisive battle music the last time we heard it. I think I said something about bongos. <laughs> this episode uses that same track, and it like it brings it in three different times. But the last time you actually get the rest of the orchestration, and it's so fucking good. Yeah, I I the the music was really good. Uh, I think anyone with ears could pr- probably attest to that. But also, some I liked that they... Some good-ass trumpets. I liked that they did use... This was the most they've used music in the entire series so Ab- far. Absolutely. And I think it really worked from... And they, they, it was like the music was even, like, varied. Like, there's the stuff you're talking about, like, the decisive battle stuff, which is, like, very big and important-sounding and, like, uh, whatever. But then, like, even just, like, I love the little, like like jazzy stuff they they were playing during um the conversation with shinji and ray in the hospital yeah yeah there was uh some softer like piano tracks throughout this episode in a couple of spots with them yeah the, oh I, the, I forgot about the, the hospital scene that's also kind of important that's still in the second half yeah or pretty close to the middle point yeah basically that one was like ray is like all right i'm here to let you know about this this operation we're doing it starts at this time we got to launch at this time whatever and he's just like I really have to do this again? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, I don't want to. He gets knocked out after he gets hit by this blast seconds after uh, going out. This is the first fight he's been in since the last time he ran away. And yeah, he goes out, immediately gets attacked, screams, passes out. He wakes up and Ray is like, we're going again in an hour. And he's like, I don't want to. I do not want to do this. I really liked that he went back to that after the moment a few episodes ago where he, like, decided to come back. Mm-hmm. It feels very real to me that someone would, like, want to run away from this. I think, and I think decide, it really like, solidifies that he's 
there out of some sort of like more obligation. Yeah, because because it. I, I totally I feel it feels honest to me that someone would be like I need to do this and then like when they're confronted with like the like the incredible reality of it again they're like no I really I was right the first time I don't want to do this like yeah I I don't want to get back in it and raise like I will do it and then yeah we don't we don't even get more like indecisiveness we just cut to both robots going out yep yeah I think the second that she's like that's okay I'll do it for you they can switch it over so I can pilot the your ava and like whatever she makes a point to say that they're already prepared to do that yeah like like which is like like ritsuko has is is ready for shinji to quit at any given point and i think that hits him yeah yep yeah it's good stuff and yeah uh, it's it's relatively glassed over because they just do the thing i think it works that way i I, I feel like i absolutely think it works that way i think it's very intentionally being like shit like showing that shinji is is losing these opportunities to have any second thoughts it's just like we're ready for you to quit whenever if if you're gonna do that and he's just like still feeling like he has to do it and just constantly confronting his his fear his mortality he's 14 yeah and i, and I <laughs> yeah. think having this foil of ray who will do it so so without hesitation also 14 and he's just like because he, he he actually says like i don't know how you can be so cool about it or maybe maybe you can be cool about it but i can't yeah, and he kind of he kind of does something a little bit like shitty. At least that's how I read it. Where he like assumes that she hasn't had to, to like go through the stuff that he has. He's like, maybe you you're only so cool about it because you haven't had to like have the experiences that I've I've had yet. And I was like, I feel like she might know better than you. Like what she probably she like. probably does. But I think from his perspective, he can't rationalize how anyone would willfully do it. Yeah, yeah, I get that for sure. I, I like yeah. It, like I also read the same thing where it's like. All right, so yeah, you just assume she hasn't done it because she's not feeling the way you feel, but I I completely understand how he gets that reading. Yeah, and and especially cuz in the time he's been there, he's had to do a lot more than she has. He has essentially felt like he was dying two of the three times he's been in that robot and had a essentially a mental breakdown the second time. So Yeah. Yeah, no, I wouldn't why yeah. he still gets in it, but eh. I, I, I get the, the the point of view. Yeah, I also think it works because, like, we've seen enough of, like, his indecisions, I think. I think they recognize that at this point, like, we we understand mm-hmm. that character's internality and, like, we don't have to, like, devote as much screen time to it. Yeah. And I'm sure there'll be moments later on where it, like, becomes necessary again, but I don't think it was in this particular moment. Like, we, we, we know enough about these characters to understand the jump from I don't want to do it to he's back. And he's in the suit, like yeah. I think I think this scene is more about him him being hit with the reality of re- like they're prepared for him to like he is still replaceable. He like and I and I think the feeling of him f- thinking he's the only one who can do these things and he's been told that is part of his obligation. And and uh, even though like Ray is here and doing it, he still doesn't want her to have to do it either. So he has all these moral obligations built into him. Uh, and he's like, oh, and I'm still replaceable at the end of the day. Um, and, and I think the scene is more about characterizing Rei than Shinji anyway. I think it's using what we yeah. know about Shinji to solidify Rei's, uh, like, stoicism. Yeah, and and gives them one of the, like, longer conversations they've had up to this point, too, which, like, leads into the fact that they do start to, like, um, drop their, their guards around each other a little bit as the episode goes on. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, they're going, they're, the, this is the plan for them to go out together. Yeah. And Shinji, at least, is very aware of the fact that they might die. 
Yeah, Shinji, Shinji's very concerned about this. Probably, again, based on the fact that he just did. Like, he just got... Like, he was saved, but... And if he, you know, wasn't immediately retracted back inside, he would have, but... Yeah. And, and just to follow up on a note from, like, the first or second episode we did, they did clarify in this one that even though the Ava got, like, blasted to shit, like, he suffered no physical damage. It was, like, his nerve levels, is what they said. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they were like, it's it's this much over what it's supposed to be, but it's still safe. Which I, I initially read was like, what's their what's their line for safe compared to what it should be? <laughs> right, right. I think any yeah, deviation is so, probably bad. Probably. You mentioned it already, so I'll, I'll go back to it before we jump into other stuff. But um, I loved that blackout scene. There was something mm-hmm. really appealing about that to me. It's like, it's so quiet, and yet, like, so... You get the feeling of, like, something big and risky and dangerous and scary is about to happen but like they don't do that through big scary ominous music it's like you see the shot of like it's like a quiet night and you see the penguin out like on like a rooftop yeah like and then it just like like the starry sky behind its back yeah and while like soft music plays you just like jump around the city like watching lights turn out and it's Mm -hmm. just like it's really well done i think it helps establish like the stakes yeah shinji has been grounded with the very personal stakes of like the the obligation that he probably feels around like you know knowing like Misato and Ray and, and Toji and Kinsuke and probably in some circumstance living up to his dad and and I think this really solidifies like all all of Japan is is at risk yeah and I I think they gain something too by the fact that they don't announce to the to the city what is happening or why they're they're losing power, just that they're losing power. So it's almost like like Ray and Shinji and Nerve are like doing this like saving them in secret too, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, I I think they know there is the shot with uh, maybe they, they don't really say it when they're saying the blackout thing, but we do see Toji and Kinsuke like waiting for the Evangelions to come out and then cheering for them. That's true. I guess I was thinking about how other characters, when they're shown, don't seem to be Concerned. worried like they have been in other in other sequences where angels were there. Mm-hmm. I guess it doesn't make any sense they wouldn't notice a gigantic <laughs> thing in the sky and, like, all the cannons or whatever. But, like, yeah, there just seems to be a different, like, mood about the whole city in that, in that particular scene. It's framed very differently than we've seen before, for sure. Speaking of, uh, of the diamond... Like, one of my notes also says, holy shit, this flying diamond is the most badass character in fiction. It's, <laughs> like, yeah, it's 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 an impenetrable fortress. Like, they need this, like, ridiculously powerful gun to, to penetrate its forces. And then, like, also it can shoot these instantaneous lasers back out. Yeah, it, it, like, it, like, punches through Shinji's Ava, like, instantly. And then they have, like, a little, like, like truck or tank thing that shoots at it and it just like destroys it instantly too and it's just like oh my god only this show could make a big goofy diamond like scary and cool yeah it's so treacherous it's it's so uh yeah i don't know it's like it's it's something about it being unsuspecting makes it considerably more like terrifying the power that it has yeah and then, every, yeah, everything just bounces off of it, and it can instantaneously vaporize whatever the fuck it wants. And I like that um, this one's, like, this one had, like, a strategy. Like, it was going for Nerve headquarters. Like, it kind of, like, shows, A, just a difference between 
this angel and the other ones and also it like shows the the way that this like conflict between like the humans and the angels is ramping up like it's almost like the angels are like okay they've stopped the last two we got to take out their like base of operations like it's like the the conflict is escalating so yeah so do you think that's just a product of like theming and escalation of of stakes or do you think that like are you implying that there is something with the angels as a collection of entities i don't know enough about the show yet to to like to really make too many guesses i it, i would say n- not knowing anything i would say it's it reads like to someone who's never seen it before like they are almost starting to make decisions as a collective mm-hmm. entity or at least or at least like getting they, they know what they're after yeah they, they know that they need to go for nerve which even if the the it's not the first angel, but the one that we saw in the first episode was going towards Nerve as well. Yeah, and I feel like that wouldn't happen if there was, like, no coordination between mm-hmm. whatever these, like, beings are. Or just a collective goal that they all would separately have. Yeah, some kind of, like, yeah. But then, like, but then what is that? Right. Yeah, but but also to your point, it, it's, it's also the show knowing that you have to, like, up these battles every time mm-hmm. in some way. And this particular way was, like, by putting like the the whole operation in the biggest jeopardy it's been in thus far with like their like their their safe place being in danger yeah yeah and there's like yeah and they put it on a really strict timer and they just yeah they set the stakes up and then they deliver on you know avoiding them they make a big deal about how shinji needs to really hit it the first time yeah spoilers he does not uh but that when he shoots the first time Ramiel fires back at the exact same second and there's a shot of like the two beams of energy like warping each other and they like go around each other it's pretty cool so they both end up like missing their exact targets but it's just like such a a good sequence to watch because it like like, slows down for it but not in a way that feels like uh, a cheesy slow mo in like some like live action thing it just feels like a, a side effect of the actual two forces. I, I like this scene, and to a greater extent, the show, but I think it's, like, most emphasized here, in that, like, other anime, and this is in no way a slight, I love shows like this, like, the combat is, like, is cool because it's, like, fast-paced, and, like, and, and um, they're just, like, going at it, mm-hmm. and then, like, in this version, it's very, like, there's only a couple blows thrown in any given fight, but they're, like, hugely impactful and decisive and yeah. so yeah like let's let like let's re- like reflect on the other fights the 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 first the first fight we see shinji isn't involved and it's like weirdly feral the way that the evangelion tears apart this other thing that just self-destructs uh shinji does stab the second angel that he fights uh the fourth angel and it's just a knife that's vibrating in the core and he's screaming and having a panic attack uh, and then this one, yeah, it's like strategic and really far away. Yeah, it's it's strategic, and and both sides only get a couple shots. Yeah, like it's it's a, it's a sniper battle. It's, yeah, it's more like actual warfare than yeah, cool which is like fights. really cool. Like yeah, to to see it in this context is 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 really is really cool. Mm-hmm. And I and I'm not saying that Evangelion is like revolutionary for that. Um, I just think one, it does it really really well. And actually, that's my only thought is that it does it really, really well. Yeah, I'm going to like compliment it and then a little bit of like critique. Good. Because I feel like during this battle, kind of what we're getting out of this whole thing 
they built up the tension really well because you know they want him to hit that in one shot. You're waiting to see if that's going to pan out, and it's like, oh, it didn't. And it's like you have a very small window now where you have to like wait for this rifle to recharge, and Ray has to block you from the other thing. And there's like a moment where the, like the, the the targeting reticles will cross over, and you can take your shot. And so like there's that build of like like you can feel the 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 um the clock ticking, and like the window is closing. You're waiting for for Shinji to be able to take the shot, which is great tension. Mm-hmm. But um, they kind of undercut it with the editing because. Uh, he like when the the angel first f- not first not the first time like the war they both like miss each other the first time on the second exchange where the one that ray ends up blocking like we see the shot going in shinji's direction and then they cut away from it really quickly to masato's direction and something about the the, the time that they cut i instantly knew oh this is fine it completely wiped mm-hmm. out my, like, sense of, like, this is a dangerous place for Shinji to be in. Like, he could be in jeopardy. Like, they cut too quickly. And I, I was like, okay, I know something's up now. And that what was up turned out to be that Ray was there, like, blocking it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I, yeah, it's interesting. Because it's, it's less about Shinji's stakes and it's more about the other people's stakes of what happens if Shinji loses. Yeah. And, yeah, I think it very quickly shifts from, all right, Shinji's fine, but are you worried about Ray? Because then she's like, the the Eva Unit Zero is like deteriorating from the energy and the blast, and so is the shield. And then suddenly everyone's yeah. worried about Ray now, including Shinji. Right, and they and they get the tension back because that's when that's the part I'm talking about a minute ago. Where like now it's like, okay, she's buying you time, but your your gun still isn't ready to fire again mm-hmm. and whatever. So they get it back really quickly. But like there is that moment where it's like, I wish they would have like held on the blast a little bit longer because like you're saying, like it's the other people worrying about like Shinji. So like let us actually feel like they have something to be worried about yeah. because like to me that the language of of the edit instantly gave away that like nothing really that bad happened. Yeah. I feel that. It's hard for me to know. Which is weird because anime is usually so good about that. Mm-hmm. Anime is great at, like, expressive amplification where, like, someone gets hit and they, they fly across into, like, a crater. And, like, the, you see, like, smolder coming out of it. And, mm-hmm. like, or, like, in this case, like, a big blast hits. And we, we see the, the entirety of it. And then, like, the, like, a minute of, like, oh, God, what happened? But this time they didn't give us that. And I really feel like it would have been a little bit stronger if they had. Mm, that's fair. That's a very fair reading. I'm curious about something that I won't bring up now uh, in in terms of that uh, critique, but I'll just let everyone... Okay, for something later on? Yeah, I'll just let everyone at home wonder what the fuck I'm talking about. (laughs) Okay. The the briefing scene where, where, like, they're kind of discussing the plan. Mm -hmm. It's, it's like, Shinji, Rei, Misato, and and Ritsuko or whatever. Like, I love the lighting of that scene. Yeah, yeah. That was the... I think that we must have... We got desynced in today's watching because you're... You you got some ads and I and I did not. I was getting I was getting ads for that crocodile movie. Oh no, I don't even know. Wait, what are you talking yeah. about? Uh, crawl where it's like global warming is bad and cities are getting flooded and there's a giant alligator in this person's house with them and their dad. Like it's like a whole thing. That was a, the weirdest whiplash of things you've ever just told me. <laughs> uh, I don't <laughs> I don't see it's com- I don't see commercials. I don't watch television. Um, yeah, I've seen yeah. like six hundred commercials for Carvania because I've been watching SGDQ. <laughs> this week and that's like their only advertiser is this car vending machine company anyways what car vending machine yeah it's fascinating probably i don't know if it's actually good that is. but anyways yes yeah, i think so but so i said I, I remember saying god i love this shot and you said wait which shot and i think that might have been because we were desynced but is it the shot where like they're all just kind of standing around as they're not really silhouettes but they're backlit 
Yeah, like the whole scene is like, it's like they they are all like in like shadows and like kind of like like cool blue tones, mm-hmm. but like the background is like extremely bright. Yeah, I felt it was really I thought it was really evocative. It created like a a good mood, especially for Shinji. Like the particular feeling I got from his shots, where it's like we're seeing like his eyes and his hair under that lighting circumstance. It kind of feels like like determination. Mm. Like that's the feeling that I that I get from that. It was also cool looking. It is, it's, which... it's real cool looking, but yeah, it's them explaining stuff, and Shinji's like clearly concerned, and Ray is clearly not, and it's just it's just more that, and like this, these combinations of stark but minimal visuals, and the music is building again. It's just it's just effective. I don't I don't know yeah. if I read much into it. I'm sure there is something to read. It just feels like it's solidifying stuff we've talked about with these characters before. Yeah, I mean, if there's anything deeper. I would love to hear someone smarter than me talk about it, but for me, it was. It, I just. I felt like the choices just like um, created a a feeling, mm-hmm. a feeling. Which, if you know what is weird, I'm gonna say this, and like people might, you might even be like questioning me on it. But I was thinking about it during this episode, and this is a show that is very, very good at creating feelings, but I don't necessarily respond to it emotionally yet. Like, I have feelings, and I recognize on a cognitive level, like, I have, like, sympathy for characters and, like, worry about characters, but, like, I don't yet have the, like, pathos. I'm sure that will come later as we get further along in the story. Yeah, but, like, there, every, I mean, I feel like a lot of people have really different, like, the, the range of emotion that people have had in response to Evangelion is a very large spectrum. But, yes, I think I know, I think I do know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. Well, I, I I don't know. I guess we've talked a little bit about necessarily relating to Shinji, but it's yeah. But all that's happening, uh, all that's happening in my head and not my heart. You know what mm. I mean? Like it's it's like the the actual feeling feeling is not there yet. Yeah, I'm not being I'm not being emotionally moved yet. It's just like I'm just like comprehending the situation and thinking about the characters and the way that they feel and interact. Uh-huh. Which is not, which is fine. I think for episode six of a show, totally fine. There are shows that get me like that emotionally, like instantly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's okay for this one not to yet. I do feel like that's coming. Could you give an example with another piece of media and like the way you have reacted to it that would like be different? Yeah, I absolutely can. My Hero Academia, I'm a basic bitch, but from the first episode, that, like, stirs up emotions in my heart, and I, like, mm-hmm. want to cry. Like, it gives me the actual feeling of, like, the emotion, instead of, like, a recognition of, like, like this is sad, this 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 poor boy, like, mm-hmm. whatever, but, like, I actually feel it, feel it in My Hero. Yeah, it, it's more... And that's not, a, that's not a judgment thing, that's not a, that's not a qualitative thing. Yeah argument it's just it's a different presentation of yeah the material, and, and, a different and, show. and frankly i think i think there is a, a difference with intent with evangelion we've talked about it before absolutely how yeah. like it, it's kind of drilled in that shinji is not supposed to be projected onto and that these characters have their defined arcs which not to say that like i think my hero has some projection involved but because of how those themes are used and i have my other long list of complaints about my hero academia yeah but Correct me if I'm phrasing this wrong, but like the the interpretation that I'm getting is more you you know the things in Evangelion are bad and you are watching them play out. You are not like actively hoping things like you're not actively being like, yeah, Deku, get it. Yes. Yes, exactly. And and I, I think even just on a formal level, you can see that the shows are going for different things because of the fact that like this show, like we talked about a lot, hardly ever uses music and it's more about like kind of setting up 
these just like spaces where these things happen. Whereas like my hero is, is very targeted about using its, the music is half the reason why I cry. Like that's what activates the, I mean like on, in addition to what's happening content wise mm-hmm. in the moment, it's the music that like, that carries you with it. And like Evangelion, like intentionally does not do that. Like they're, they're very clearly going for different things. So again, I'm not saying that this is like a fault or flaw of the show. It's just something I noticed this time yeah. is being like, this is a show that I'm highly enjoying. And I'm invested in, but I'm not having, like, feelings about. Well, yeah, uh, structurally, this is the closest this show has gotten to those typical shonen beats. Because yeah. it, it has this theme that sort of threads out the entire track, and you have these, like, big stakes and, like, like victory moments. Yeah, no, it is, it is meant to be perceived in a vastly different way. Yeah. And, and, and I think it's choices of making things methodical and strategic and not who's gonna punch harder which like i love who's gonna punch harder anime i have a one piece podcast uh i'm willfully watching one piece more than once two piece i i i I think what evangelion brings to the table is like really really effective and it's not just like it's not just evangelion doing things i haven't seen in other places i could watch things that do similar things i think it is the way evangelion uses it to solidify what the rest of the show is talking about it's like it, it connects the, the visuals and the pacing and the way it responds to um, the, the genre and other pieces of media around it at the time connect with the theming intentionally. Yeah, 100%. And also, I just realized I'm a little bit full of shit. I still think on, like a, on, a, on, a, on a large scale, everything I said is still accurate. But I did just realize that I did have moments where I was like, oh, look, like Shinji's like bonding with Toji and Kensuke. And that like means something to me mm-hmm. or like like uh and I, in my fucking notes for this episode, I wrote down, happy to see Shinji and Ray bonding. So it's there a little mm-hmm. bit. I think it's clear to say, like, it's, it's different, though. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, but yeah, that was one of my things I noticed about this episode is, like, when... Because, like, last episode, there was a lot of, like, tension between the two of them. And so by the time that you get to this one, where Shinji opens the hatch and is, like, checking on Ray, and he's like, you shouldn't say goodbye before missions is too sad. I was mm-hmm. like, I really like seeing these two, like, coming together. Yeah, we need we need to talk about that last scene where Shinji opens up the the uh the plug and and saves Ray after she blocks the shot for him. Um if if only like I wasn't I wasn't specific in describing it when I did the cliff notes and that's that's on me. But I, I was about to ask how you feel about like these two episodes being alternatively titled Ray One and Ray Two pairing with each other and the opening shot of Ray one and the ending shot of Ray two being very intentional parallels. It, it, it's, I, I think it's, it's more of a setup than a, an initial payoff, but like, it's, it's very, very blatant about how it's uh, paralleling these, these two scenes. And it's interesting. I don't know what to make of it yet, but, but like on a similar note, when Shinji is rescuing her from the little like pod thing and like checking up on her, like, uh, and they're talking, there's a moment where she looks at him and he's like smiling at her, and like she like, fl- like an image flashes of like Gendo smiling at her, and then she smiles back. Even in like the character's mind, like these people and like the situations are are linked. Yeah, she's like she is seeing parts of Gendo in Shinji, and that might just be yeah. because they have both saved her, and she and like she feels viewed as more than just you know someone who drives a robot. We haven't seen her interact with anyone except for these two people, so it's not like. I can really make uh, judgments of how people treat her that are grounded in anything. But, yeah, you know, up until episode five, we were seeing her carted around and injured. So, 
Who knows? Yeah, I, and I don't think it's a jump to say that she's not a person with a lot of meaningful connections in her life. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Every... Like, I guess, oh yeah, well, I guess we've, we've seen her at school. Yeah. Yeah, she's and she's like off by herself, and like mm-hmm. yeah, and even just the way she talks, you can tell she's not very like emotionally stimulated at any point in her life. Yeah, she's very cold. Um, I I've been meaning I meant to bring this up last time to to ask if you had noticed or, or connected the dots, and I'm gonna guess probably not. Um, do you remember in? episode two stupid huh? no no i just it hasn't come up um <laughs> uh, do you remember an, ep- an episode two where uh shinji sees his dad in the elevator and then doesn't take the elevator um like immediately oh no um, like it, it's just a very short scene where like misato comes to get him from the hospital and they go to the elevator and gendo's in the elevator and they stare at each other and then the elevator closes and then it goes up and then they take the escalator to go somewhere else but like that scene comes like right after shinji sees ray in the hospital and i think it's just fair to connect the dots now that gendo was probably there seeing her even though shinji was also there oh okay i had forgotten all about that yeah i'm stupid no it's fine it's a thing you would catch in a rewatch <laughs> which yeah, i yeah. am doing <laughs> yeah they go yeah yeah it's, it's like it's just designed to make you look smarter than the other evangelion fans no it, well that's the that's the thing i've learned with doing uh we are watching one piece of like how do i effectively bring insight seeing it a second time without like showing my hand and spoiling stuff oh yeah that's true so it's i don't know I've, I've kind of intentionally leaned at some things that listeners who have seen it before might have caught on yeah um you're, I, yeah it's it's a science <laughs> you're doing it definitely joe you're an artist i'm not picking up on any of that good. so we're good good <laughs> i'm still yeah spoiler free uh, uh okay if you want to talk about the last conversation yeah, I was just gonna say there's a really there was a really good joke in the Orange Groves Discord that I I can't point out what it is because I don't want you to read into it, but okay, <laughs> there was it. it's 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 similar of just like how much can you show your hand based on what uh, the first time watcher does and doesn't know. Yeah, I uh, I'm enjoying being like completely oblivious to all of it. it. As much as I'm like I'm not anti-spoiler, like this is a really old piece of media. I I also am just like. I, I am excited about your fresh reactions. So yeah, I'm anti-spoiler. I'll be that. I'll be that person. Okay. I don't care. Let me watch the show without knowing what happens. Mm. That's how I want to do it. I mean, like, like I, my my perspective is more like if you hear some shit that happens at the end and you're like, holy shit, I can't wait to see what that means in context. Like that's that's my perspective. When I hear like, oh yeah, no, the the last episode of of this is like completely left field. I'm like, cool. I can't wait to witness it. I don't be like, well, now it's yeah. ruined. And that's just me, though. Everyone has their own relationship with media. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, if you wanted to talk about the last conversation between Shinji and Rei, I, should I get should we get the dumb thing out of the way first? The thing that I'm sure you thought of as well, where, like, Shinji's, like, the fucking typical man, you yeah. should smile more. Yeah, like, in, in context, I get it. But, like, yeah, Shinji being like, have you considered smiling? She's like, shut it, up! Like, it, like, just reads so poorly in the current day's understanding of that sentiment. I have to wonder how translation factors into that, but, like, I guess, like, he does smile at it, trying to bring levity, and then she does smile back when she thinks of Gendo's smile. Yeah, did you, uh, did you want to talk any more about the conversation before they get in the robots, before we do this one? Because he references that conversation. Um... I just don't remember if there was much beyond their, con- like, Shinji's concern and Ray just say- saying, like, doesn't matter i'll protect you and then says goodbye when she gets in the robot yeah no i th- I, th- I think that's pretty much it okay well she says goodbye when she gets in the robot and he seems like really concerned about it because he was literally just saying 
sure am scared of dying. And she's like, bye. And then gets in a big robot. Yeah, because he asks, he asks her, like, why do you do this? And she's like, this is what I have. I am bonded to this robot. And this is what I do now. Oh, I'm glad you said that because there was something about the conversation we forgot that feels important. Because he, when she says that's like I'm like I'm bonded to it, he says like like bonded to my father, and she's like bonded to everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, so like he's yeah, trying to like get at and and figure out what the relationship is between like her and his dad, and then she kind of like deflects it. Yeah. Um. There's a scene of them changing into their plug suits, which we didn't really mention, but uh, it's yeah. There's, it's just more. Shinji is concerned about dying, and Ray says, "You won't die. I will protect you." Yeah, and and we get more of the stuff that's been in almost every episode, where like Ray makes a comment about Shinji when he's in the hospital bed, of like, "Like, don't show up like that." And then he looks down and notices that he's like naked, and a lot of his body's like showing, and he like mm-hmm. freaks out and covers up. And then like they they emphasize during that scene that you just mentioned that she's like naked and like throws like her like underwear on the floor and it like pans across the floor and we see the underwear like there's like something very this show is very fixated on like like nudity and like whatever like there's something going on there it's, yeah it's bizarre the way it's it, it it's it doesn't feel like sexualized in the way i see in a lot of other media like we were we were just talking about my hero academia which has a lot of that with with also young characters but it just feels like yeah, no, they're just attractive, and don't think about them being young. Whereas I feel like Evangelion, it, it's 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 kind of doing it. It's kind of fixating on these these bodies, but it feels very very bad. And like it should, they're fourteen, but I don't know if it's intentionally like we want the viewer to feel really bad now. But I do, as the yeah. viewer, feel bad. I'm still trying to sort out what's going on with all that. Like, basically, every episode we talk about it, and every episode I'm like, I don't know. My <laughs> my, my biggest issue with with gauging intent of these, these directors and these writers is, for me, like, when I think about Evangelion's usage of, of sexuality and framing of, of, of sexuality in these bodies, I, I think so much about the, the clear stances it makes at certain points. I know, I know how end of Evangelion feels. I don't know where those sentiments start. So seeing it like so early on, I'm just like, I don't, I don't know how clear some of these intent is or if it's just messy. Also, these first six or seven episodes are more directly based on the manga. Uh, that was something I was thinking about when I was when I was thinking about how this episode felt different. I wonder how many of this was just lifted from the manga as an adaptation, and it wasn't really injected with the the, the themes and writing choices that Ano has and and will do later as uh, it it starts to depart from the basis that the manga gave it. Because the manga goes in a very different direction after this point too. But I think oh okay, that, that's my understanding of it. Feel free to I haven't read it but that's that's what i that's how i have read about it and been told and i keep saying i'm gonna read it and i feel like this show is if i'm gonna do it it's when i'm doing this show but i'm also yeah, that would make sense i also have to start playing uh the world ends with you soon forgot it memorized so we'll see do you have anything else uh about this episode joe i uh <laughs> the no i'm kind of surprised the last we, thing that's kind of surprised we talked this much about it <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think because some of it was like not the episode itself, but just like the, you know, at least in the in the conversation we had about like um, the show's like relationship to like the emotions of the audience. Like 
this episode like made me think of that, but it didn't necessarily like, come from this episode. Like like the, like you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like so I, I think this episode uh draws attention to how all the other ones before it have affected me. If that makes yeah. sense. Well my last thought about the episode is that I want someone to give me a heart massage. <laughs> yeah, that was uh that was one of the subtitles said meaning like like some sort of CPR like uh resuscitation. Yeah, I'm trying to think uh, of what the, th- the the word is for the 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 thingies that go on the chest what with the I the know me too it's, it's escaping it's escaping me too yeah the little, little I don't know but that and EK <laughs> they're break, they're trying to restart Shinji's heart and and make it so he doesn't yeah. flatline um but they do say give him a heart massage yeah which sounds so nice yeah but um and then my only other thing is that the the next episode we are we're apparently gonna get to see Masato do stuff next time so that's cool yeah yeah we saw a snippet of uh Masato and Shinji doing something. Uh, fun fact, I really thought that episode seven was going to be something different based on my memory of it. I was like, all right, well, now that this first arc is over, we're going to get to something different. And I was like, oh, and then I watched the thing and I was like, this is completely not what I was expecting. I don't remember this episode at all. <laughs> so. Oh, cool. That'll be fun. Yeah. I'm excited to to dig into that in, in, in two weeks time, or at least for you, the listener. Who knows when we'll watch it. But uh, yeah. Shinji Shinji says, "Why not smile?" And she does. That's that's where it ends. She smiles at Shinji. Who knows what will come of these two teenage mutant? Nope, they're not mutants. <laughs> but teenage giant robot fighters. I think that's it, though. I think it's it. Let's get out of here. I guess this is where I ask you to to to, pl- to plug your online presence. It sure is. I uh I can be found on Twitter at Topher Disgrace. And uh, I can also be found on podcasts like The Movie Club, where I'm really excited. We're going to be watching Face Off in a couple days, oh, which I've never yeah. seen before. Yeah. I want his I, face uh, off. <laughs> I'm stoked for that. And then I also do Alien Happy Hour Wrestling Federation. We just had our big uh, King of Summer tournament, which was which was fun and wild. A lot of uh, weird, unexpected stuff happened on that show. That's what I like to hear. Yeah, I hate the penguin a lot. I uh I, I finished what I was doing Thursday night and like went over and it had like just ended. <laughs> I was like, no. Yeah. That's all good. John John Wick got screwed, so I'm gonna have to talk have a talk with our referees and get something figured yeah. out. That's that sounds rigged. <laughs> Aisha Curry voice. Basketball's fake. <laughs> what about you, Joe? What about your internet presence? I'm sure you've got one. Uh, I sure do. You can follow me on Twitter at Ghost of Joe, Ghost of J O, in which I I tweet about other podcasts I make. I mentioned on this one, uh, Got It Memorized, which is uh, we we finished recapping all of Kingdom Hearts, and we're going to talk about The World Ends With You while we wait for the DLC to come out and more mobile game updates. Uh, But Wheels and I will be continuing to deal with complicated bullshit until we die, probably. Uh, I also mentioned we are watching One Piece, which uh, this this is officially a July episode. Um, Actually, no, this is late july episodes so i forgot we have a buffer now but um yeah we're we're wrapping up in yuslavi over there uh we're doing monthly episodes i think we're either finishing in yuslavi or doing in yuslavi post post game the that stuff if you know what these one piece words mean and also i'm gonna plug um, bb and b uh if you search bed bath and Beyblade in your uh your podcast app we talked uh, i had a show with uh, my friend Riley. Fun fact, Riley is how I met Chris. But Riley calls me and wakes me up 
to they they started with Bionicle. They explained Bionicle to me every morning for fifty episodes, and then I ended it with my bare hands. And now we're talking about Beyblade, and it's uh becoming a very different show. So <laughs> I uh, I do recommend you you check out what's going on there every Monday morning, and uh, all of these shows and this show um are on the Orange Groves Podcast Network. You can check out sh- uh, the other shows on the network and support it at theorangegroves.com. Uh, by the time that this is out, we'll have brought on sequentially, which is a uh, monthly show, pretty short episodes. This is going to be covering uh, queer comics and uh, like web comics and indie stuff and super excited about more folks here in that. And then there's uh, some other stuff coming either in July or just soon in general. I'm very stoked about all of that. And I think that is all the things I could plug without just listing all of the podcasts I make. I like 294 Nose Streak. Yeah, that one's pretty good. Uh, you haven't been on that one yet. We can, we should make that happen. I haven't. I was supposed we, to be. I was in the car, though. Like, I <laughs> yeah, always we, am. Yeah, we did ping you once. I think that's it. I think we're done yeah. here. Um, so in, in two weeks' time, you will hear us talk about episode seven of Neon Genesis. We're, we're continuing this watch. Uh, lots of shit coming. I tell you what. And, uh, and we'll give you fan service next time. I'm Cam. I'm Jory. And we're the hosts of CWFP, the casual wrestling fan podcast, your weekly universe-friendly alternative for WWE wrestling recaps, discussion, and riffs from two friends who just love wrestling. And occasionally also New Japan, Impact, and All Elite thoughts as well. If you're tired of Mark's constantly booing a product they (laughs) regularly support and pay for, you can find us hosted on the Orange Groves Network or through your preferred podcasting app. Wait, why won't The Undertaker stop booing the company?